Pretty much every morning when I get up, I spend a pretty good amount of time going through a lot of email. I have more than one email account, one for personal and, and a couple for church ministry and, of course, this radio program. And then I visit a lot of news sites that we subscribe to to keep you informed. Some days are more difficult than others. And many times, as you look at the headlines, it can become so discouraging. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Before I begin, I want to stop just for a moment and thank Jim Calhoun for a very, very powerful episode yesterday. If you missed it. You need to go to our website, truth2ponder.com. That's truth2ponder.com. And right there on the front page, you can scroll down and you can find yesterday's episode. It's really, it's really worth your time to listen. Now, as I said, every day I get up and I plow through email and, and various news websites that I subscribe to new sites and places that I've learned that I can trust. The one thing that is disturbing to me today is how many news sites, so-called professional news sites, respectable news sites that are nothing but propaganda and lies. And even some that I used to trust, I don't trust as much as I used to because even they have gotten with with the agenda, so to speak. Newsmax, Fox News, both. I trusted them heavily, but I don't trust them near as much now as I did a year ago or two years ago. I think even they have been compromised because of money. And you know, in this world, money can buy somebody's allegiance. Now, I'm not going to talk much today about the the comical circus that'll be on television tonight. Now, depending when you hear the program, tonight is supposed to be the great, you know, hearing about January the 6th of 2021 and and the insurgency and everything. It's going to be a freak show. And frankly, I'm not going to spend one minute watching that basically Stalinist show trial partisan show trial of the most reprobate evil people that have ever been in rulers in leadership in the United States. I was going to say rulership because that's what they believe. They believe they're rulers, not leaders. Adam Schiff is a person who has lied and lied and lied and lied again on television. I have seen the evidence of Russian collusion. He saw nothing. He got on the television and he lied. He has no business being in the Congress of the United States of America. He's a buffoon. He is a traitor. And he is a clown. An absolute reprobate clown. An evil, ugly clown. Nancy Pelosi has made millions of dollars for her family by selling out information she had. They call that insider trading. That is illegal, but she's been doing it for decades and gets away with it. We are ruled by evil people in the United States today. And I believe that it's God's punishment 
putting a person like Biden in the White House. All these people that didn't like Trump. Now, let me explain to you something. As we think about this freak show of Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is a cesspool. It's a freak show. It is evil. It corrupts many good people that go there. We've known that for a long time. I mean, there was a movie. The movie's like 80 years ago. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. This didn't just happen. This idea of corruption in D.C. is as old as this nation. Once people figured out how to get elected and make it profitable, we were sold out. And we have been propagandized to believe that we are the freest people on the face of the earth. Maybe we are. But we're not as free as we've been led to believe by the freak show that is Washington, D.C., by the elite in the media that is Washington, D.C., because they love the money. They love the power. I mean, I have all these news stories in front of me right now, and I don't even know where to begin. I I really don't. But I do know, I do know that evil permeates the swamp known as Washington, D.C., and ironically, Washington, D.C. actually was built on top of a swamp. And it hasn't changed much since the streets were first laid out. I was raised as a young child, as many of you were, to believe in American exceptionalism. And that placated the masses for a long time. And basically, we're, we're like hamsters in our own little world of environment that they've given us. Are we really as free as we think we are? We're told that we're free. What do you really own in this world? Do you own your home? No, it has taxes on it, so you never really own it. In many places, you can't do a lot of things with your home unless the government says you can. Well, you can't do that. You can't build that because we have zoned it. We have decided what you can do with your property, and we're going to charge you money every year to live on your property. And if you don't pay us every year, we're going to take your property away. So do we really have ownership of property? Not really. We lease it. We lease it every year from the government. How about the work that we do? Up until the early part of the 20th century, at least that's one thing we could keep the money that we earned from the labor that we performed. Now, now we are slaves to the government. We work, depending upon what tax bracket you're in, many months out of the year to give money to the government. In other words, we are slave labor to pay for things to our governments. Now, thankfully... I live in Florida where there's no income tax, but there are plenty of other taxes. And we know that if we're moving to Virginia, then we have to face the possibility of income tax. In Georgia, if we were permanent residents there, we would have the same problem. But I think of those that may, you know, work careers. I, many years ago, I turned down a job in New York City back in the 1990s to be the chief engineer of one of the biggest stations in New York City. And why did I turn it down? At that time, 
my late wife and I were living in Toccoa, Georgia. I was working for a Bible college building their radio network. I was not that, I wasn't really paid all that much compared to what I could have made, oh, in a medium-sized market, let alone a big market. But it was ministry. I was happy. We were content. Life was good. We weren't wealthy, but we weren't stressed out either. And that job offer came, and I thought about it, and I had been born and raised in the metropolitan New York area, so I knew Long Island. I knew the Long Island Railroad. I knew the areas that would be nice to live, and as I started pricing out in the 1990s, what it would cost to have a home? How much of my income would I get to keep? Because, see, I may live in Long Island. I might live in Nassau County. I might live in New Jersey. I would have to pay a New York City income tax along with a state income tax. And I looked at how much the taxes were on homes and how expensive things were in the stores compared to what they were in Tacoa, Georgia. Housing was outrageous. And the more I took my pencil and paper and calculator and added it all up, I would be trading in a very nice and easy life by comparison in Tacoa, Georgia. Yeah, there were some moments there, trust me, with, with the building of all the radio stations around the country, and I traveled a lot. But I also didn't have a punch card either. And I figured that, okay, my commute in Tacoa to my, my job was about mm, five to seven minutes. My commute in New York City from an area that I could afford would be an hour to an hour and a half one way. So two to three hours of my day are commuting. Plus getting around the city by subway or whatever. And, and all that wonderful income would be just, well, it would be, it'd be sponged up real quick by all the taxes and all the higher prices. And the quality of life would be so much lower because I'd be on call and may have to go back into New York City or a tower site somewhere over in the swamplands of New Jersey or at the Empire State Building. And I thought about it and I said, you know, the money sounds great. The benefits look good. But if I try to do this job till I'm 65, I may not make it till I'm 65. It wasn't worth it. Oh, it sounds good. It would have been great on my resume. But I decided to do what God wanted me to do and continue to work where I was. And then a year or so later, the doors opened up for me to go into ordained ministry and there was a lot of work involved, and I, that never would have happened had I taken that job up in New York. What do we own? We don't own our income. We don't own our property. We really don't even own our vehicles to a degree. If we want to put them on the road, we've got to pay all kind of taxes depending where you live for that. So we are, we're like hamsters in a little hamster environment thinking we're free. And truthfully, freedom has been slowly taken away from us from the day that the ink was drying 
on the Constitution of the United States. Year by year, decade by decade, freedom has been taken away. And those that consider themselves the ruling class, and and I say that, I remember, I can remember back in 2009, 2009, when Barack Obama was inaugurated the President of the United States. And a comment he made, we are, be- we are ready now to rule on day one. Let me say that again. These were the words out of his mouth. We are ready to rule on day one. Those that rule normally are royalty. And that's how the elites of Washington, D.C. view themselves. As royalty. To be not just respected, but to be obeyed and to be honored and worshipped and glorified because of how great they are. Yet it is the most reprobate, evil class of people in our nation. Many of the employees of the federal government, they believe they have control over your life, your home, your environment, your car, how you have transportation. And if you don't think for one moment that everything going on economically is not by design. It's not an accident. These gasoline prices are not an accident. They are totally by design because the reprobate mind believes they, really, they want control over your transportation if you haven't figured that out yet. With the gasoline engine, my wife and I could get in the car theoretically tomorrow. And we could drive from where we are in Virginia to New York, or maybe from New York to Texas or to California, only stopping for a few minutes at, you know, filling stations to get gasoline, back when it was $2 a gallon or so, which is not bad considering what the price of gas was 50 years ago in comparison to the inflation that we've had. And then we could drive to Oregon, we could drive to Wisconsin, we could drive anywhere we want. And we wouldn't have to wait hours and hours and hours to recharge an electric car that would cost $50,000. These gasoline prices are designed to have you take a second look at the not ready for prime time electric cars. And the reason I say they're not ready for prime time is multifold. Not that the technology of an electric car doesn't exist. I think Tesla has created a car that, for what it is, is not a bad vehicle. But it is rather expensive. Some of those cars cost six figures. And honestly, I can't afford a $100,000 or $55,000 car. And I can't afford to buy a used one because then I'll have to buy the batteries for it because they do not last forever. And they're rather expensive. Now, a good example of how the reprobate mind of D.C. thinks. Debbie Stabenow, congresswoman from Michigan, was bragging about her electric car. And how she doesn't have to worry about these horrible gas prices. Listen to what she had to say 
in the House of Representatives. I do have to say just on the issue of uh, uh, gas prices after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle. I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station and didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international markets. Now, to me, she kind of comes off a little bit like Marie Antoinette back during the French Revolution saying, let them eat cake if they don't have the money for bread. Okay, here's a person who is in the Congress of the United States who gets a stipend every month of $1,000 a month for car lease payments. So she can afford to probably lease her electric vehicle. Now, her vehicle is in the, let's say, the fifty dollars to $60,000 price range. I can honestly tell you I have never paid $50,000 for a car. I've never paid $30,000 for a car. And in my entire lifetime, because I've bought secondhand cars, I've barely spent over $15,000 on the most expensive car that I've ever owned. And, and she's talking about if you can't afford the gas prices, that's what, I mean, this is the nonsense that Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, who's lactating to, you know, for his child. I mean, th- this, is not, this just burns me. He takes all this time off from being transportation secretary because he and his male wife or husband, I'm not sure which is who in that relationship, these two men adopted a baby, and so they need time off from work. They're reprobates. They have no business adopting a child. You're going to ruin that child. Sorry, I just don't, I think it's unnatural, it's unholy, it's unreasonable, but then again, he's an Episcopalian, so what do you expect? He believes in the woke church and is bought into a false and phony gospel message that is not the gospel. It's heresy of the highest order. He's so busy, you know, pretending he's mommy that he doesn't have time to deal with the crisis of transportation of goods, services, and people in the United States. He has no business being appointed to the office in which he now holds and gets paid quite a lot of money to have. And all the benefits that go with it, too. Remember, so you got a person like Stabano who gets all this money from the government to lease a car, something that I don't get, probably you don't get, and so she gets to be like Marie Antoinette saying, I never had to worry about the high gas prices because I'm driving around in my electric car. Now, I have no idea of how long it took her to get from Michigan to Washington in her new electric car. She doesn't tell us that. And apparently she's not going to worry about the high oil prices or the whims, as she say. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Do the math. Let's go just prior to all this inflation on the gasoline. The government makes more money on a gallon of gasoline than the oil companies do. Let me say that again in case you missed it. The government makes more money on a gallon of gasoline 
than the oil companies do. And that's pretty much the same today because the wholesale cost they're having to pay for this imported oil because we're not producing our oil anymore. We went from energy independence to being dependent where we're having to go hat in hand to Saudi Arabia begging for more oil. And by the way, dirty secret, with all the blustering about Ukraine, and I've got a story about that in a couple of minutes, we're getting oil from Russia. Ooh, how could that possibly be? So Stabenow is having a great time, you know, lecturing us on, you know, if you can't afford the gasoline, buy a $50,000 electric car. What a moron, what a reprobate, what an idiot, what a buffoon to even think like that. But see, this is why they want the high gas prices. They're going to try to condition you that you're going to have to have your electric car. Now, let me explain something. The electric car that most of us would be able to afford is going to have a very limited mileage range. We're not going to be able to drive to Michigan. We're not going to have two and three or 400 miles per charge. Our vehicles, the poor man's vehicle, the Volkswagen, the people's car, that's what Hitler gave to his people, the little Volkswagen bug. While he's riding around in the Mercedes, the rest of the people are in the little people's car. The little doodlebug. And if the left has its way, that's what you and I would be driving. Our little electric doodlebugs that go 45 miles an hour just to get the necessities of life from the grocery store. Or whatever approved shopping we have in the future. The idea of taking a trip to go to Florida, the land of the free. Would take you days to get there with all the charges and the low speeds. Do you see what's happening? And, and, and they try to pretend like, you know, you don't have to pay for it. It's all free, free, free. Well, what drives the, the vehicle? It takes something. Energy cannot be created nor destroyed. You can't pull it. You can't magically just say, poof, here's your charge for free. There was actually a couple of days ago in Michigan, in Debbie Stabenow's district, they were promoting electric cars and these new charging stations. And there was one at this building. And a reporter happened to ask this person from GM, okay, so uh, where does the electricity come from? Listen to this exchange. What's charging the, the batteries right now? What, where, where's, what's the source of a? Well, electricity? here. It's, it's coming from the building. I mean, are, is it, um, what's our mix of power? Oh, actually, Lansing feeds the building. What's that? Lansing feeds power to the building. So I don't, I don't know. They're, uh... I bet you they're a bit of coal. Oh, they're heavy on natural gas. Did she say coal? Did she say natural gas? See, what I found funny about that exchange, so where does the power come from? Oh, it it comes from the building. Okay, it comes from the building. And where does the building get its power? Um, uh, Lansing Electric. And where does Lansing Electric get their power? Oh, from coal and natural gas. They, They think we're stupid and we can't ask some questions. But a lot of people really are. A lot of people are so sold out to the agenda, they don't want the facts because the facts destroy their narrative. 
and their belief in worshiping Mother Earth and worshiping Moloch for their abortions. Do you know how many solar panels it would take to charge a car? If you want to charge your car, and I've been doing some reading on this, you might get away with as few as eight solar panels. You know, and that's a lot of solar panel. They're almost like four feet by by eight feet. You need eight of those things to charge your car, or 12, depending what kind of car you got. Well, that makes a lot of solar panels because there's 100 million cars out there that are going to need them. And that's what it takes to charge one car. If you decide to have two electric cars, well, uh, then it gets a little bit, it gets a little dicey then. Then we're going to need to have 16 to, you know, 30 solar panels just to charge the car. Or how many windmills would it take? See, they don't want you to do the math because the math destroys the equation. The power grid in the United States cannot handle 100 million or 50 million or even 20 million new electric cars suddenly on the road. States like California are going to have brownouts and blackouts this summer because they don't have enough electric generating capacity. And you're going to add more? This is not like a little charger for your phone. You don't use a little USB charger that you plug in with a wall wart to charge your car. Well, you could, but it might take weeks or months or longer to get just a little charge. If you're wanting to charge your car overnight, you're going to have to have a pretty hefty power source to do it. If you want to charge your car in less than a few hours... It's going to take a lot more than just solar panels. And this is the part they don't tell you. Energy cannot be created nor destroyed. And the energy has got to come from somewhere. Natural gas, coal. They talk about wind and solar, but that's a lot of, you know, how many square miles of solar panels would be needed And where are they going to be put? And how is that power going to be transmitted from some obscure place to where it's needed? On an already stressed out power grid. I mean, look, a lot of people live in apartments. Where are they going to charge their car? Are they going to have charging stations in front of every apartment complex for the people that live there? And who's going to pay for it? How's that going to be covered? Because, you know, energy is not free. These devices are not free. They have been subsidized by taxpayers. We're paying for it. Just like we're paying for Debbie Stabenow's, you know, 50-some-odd thousand-dollar electric car so she doesn't have to worry about the gas prices. I have nothing against the idea of an electric car. I really don't. I think they have a place in our society, and I think over time, technology will improve. But you can't force an improvement in technology. It will happen in due course. So when you start getting, you know, these solar panels everywhere to charge cars, are they going to be on your house, your apartment complex? What about cities like New York? There's not enough roof space to cover all this. For all the vehicles in in Metro New York City. It's a very complicated problem 
that requires complicated solutions that take time. I'm going to close this segment out on another thought. I'm going to kind of begin to change gears here, if you don't mind. I was remembering the other day, thinking back over my life. And we're probably, this is probably around 1967. I was attending a parochial school. I'd be in what are called my junior high years. Had a science teacher. His name was Mr. Zobel. Remember him well. Very wonderful individual, Christian, man of God. And he taught science. And he he looked the part. He was not that tall, had a bald head, big, thick glasses. But he had a heart of gold. And he really cared deeply for his students. And he did all these experiments. And he, he made it clear to us early on as we started in our first, quote, introduction to science class, that the whole idea of science is questions. And... Settled science is something that seldom ever happens because everything should always be under scrutiny and questions to make sure it's right. Well, over the last two or three years, actually since the climate change gospel started being preached by the left, science suddenly is settled and you can never question science. How many times did Anthony Fauci say, we follow the science, and I am science. If you defy me, you're defying science. The man man needs to be fired and retired, if not put in prison. The gatekeepers of information are trying to make you believe that all this science on battery-operated cars, climate change, and vaccines is all settled, and none of it is settled. In fact, it really needs to be challenged deeply if you really believe in science. When I come back, I'm going to pick up on that story. I've got a story about Ukraine. I've got a couple that I've really got to get into today. I've got a few comments about the entire Ukraine situation. You may or may not agree, but that's all right. I'm just going to share with you the truth. And it's not based in any kind of an opinion. It's just objective truth. Something the mainstream media doesn't want to give you anymore. Now, as we go to our break, let me remind you, this is a listener-supported radio ministry. The airtime that we have, there is a cost. And it's not cheap. But you've been faithful for the most part every month to make sure that we're on the air. This past month and going into June has been a little bit more difficult than any month since we started the program 20-some-odd months ago. And if you could help us financially to pay for the radio airtime, I would appreciate it. If you can help us stay on the air, consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Truth to Ponder 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 32536. I know that in these economic times of high gas prices, high food prices, shortages, and all because of our insanely corrupt government, 
the one in Washington, D.C., the one in Ottawa, the one in London, any Western capital for that matter. These reprobate governments have sold us out and are doing their best to make your life miserable so you'll be more dependent upon them. So I know it's not, it's not easy, but anything you can do to help us out is appreciated. Once again, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That's 32536. And we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Your royal genealogy coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Did you know that Joseph and Mary, or Yosef and Miriam, Joseph and Mary, they were royalty. That's right. They had to be since they were in Messiah's genealogy. Even Joseph was of the royal line from David. And Joseph was a royal son of David. And Mary, Miriam, was a royal princess. Now, you might be thinking, well, wow, that's real privilege. Wow, to be born of the royal house, to be in Messiah's genealogy. But I wasn't born of any kind of house like that. There's nothing really royal in my life or my story. Well, I got something to tell you, my friend. You too are royal if you're born again. That's right. You see, they were royal because they were in the royal genealogy. They, in in some way, bore the king. In some way. Now, if you're born again, you also are in Messiah's genealogy. That's right. Why? What is Messiah's genealogy? It's the record of the people who bore him. The people through which he came. And if Messiah has come through your life, then you are of his genealogy. And if you have born the king, which if you're born again, you have, then your life has got to be a royal life. Not that your life was royal before, but now that your life has been, has born the king of kings, it's a royal life, just as much as the kings of Israel. So stop living your life as if it was just another life. It's not just a life. This life is born the king. It's royal. So start living a royal life, my friend. Start thinking royal thoughts, speak royal actions, royal words, and start doing royal things. For those through whom the king comes, they are truly royal, and that means you. Want more? Ask for Royal on CD. Now. The free gift for you, the mystery of the temple doors on CD. You'll love it in sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus, special teachings, updates on Israel, world events, prophecies, secrets of strength for the end time believer. How do you get this all free? Easy. Just remember Jesus is real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you, you call it, you dial it, that's it. So to receive your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you will be blessed. But call now, that's 1-800-YESHUA-1. And I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation and cover this planet with salvation. The lost are perishing and you can reach out. The farthest way you can ever reach out to the lost of this world and to touch and impact this world is through shortwave radio. It's amazing. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1-Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's The Nice Jewish Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Alechem, be royal, my friend. Peace be to you in Messiah, Melech Marchim, the King of Kings.
This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I am your host, Bob Bierman. The one thing I'm not talking about today, I may make a few comments tomorrow. But honestly, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time paying attention to the freak show that'll be on television tonight. By the time you hear this program, and it may thankfully already be over, where the Democrats are going to have their their Stalinist show trial, kind of like Nazi Germany did too, their, their show trial, show me demand and I'll show you the crime, kind of thinking, about January 6th. It's amazing how you can burn down buildings, destroy public property, have threats against people, and never get arrested. But January 6th, there are people that are still in political prison, in solitary confinement, for simply walking into the Capitol building and doing nothing. We have a ruling class that is evil to the core. When I say evil, I mean satanically inspired evil. And I'm going to say this before I get into my story here. It's got to be said. I know I have listeners that are of every persuasion in terms of Christianity and even those that are not even Christian that listen to this program. I know there are some Baptists, there are Pentecostals, there there are some Lutherans, there are, you know, independent, there are non-denominational, and yes, even Roman Catholic. And I studied a lot about Roman Catholicism when I was in college. So I'm pretty familiar with a lot of the teachings. And even if you disagree personally with a lot of what the Roman Catholic Church stands for, they are correct 100% that life begins at conception and abortion is evil, period. End of discussion. Nothing more needs to be said. What I find deeply disturbing within the Roman Catholic hierarchy is why is it only certain priests are making it clear? There's some that come to mind. Uh, Father Frank Pallone, who is priest for life's leader, and other groups like it. Why is it not coming out of the mouths of all the cardinals, all the archbishops, all the regional and local bishops, and the office of the papacy? Why are they giving it lip service with all the millions that have been butchered and sacrificed to the god Moloch, which is exactly what abortion is? It is literally a pagan ritual, the sacrifice of innocent life to Moloch, and the fact that People like Nancy Pelosi and so many others, including the President of the United States, can parade around being pro-choice, pro-baby death, and not excommunicated from the church. Forget denying the sacrament. They should be given a clear choice, and this should come from Rome all the way down the line to every cardinal, to every archbishop, to every bishop within the Roman Catholic Church that any politician or any individual that is promoting abortion should be excommunicated from the church until there is full repentance. End of discussion. That should be the benchmark for all Christianity. 
I mean, the Bible talks about disfellowship of those that are not believers in the faith. They should be shunned. They should be considered nothing but heathens. Yet somehow we're trying to all get along. Well, it's time we stood for some biblical principle. I'm sick and tired of all this compromise. Why do Christians think we have to compromise to make everybody like us? When the Bible says clearly, the world will hate us. They'll want to kill us and think they're doing God or their God, I should say, due service. Nancy Pelosi should be excommunicated from any Christian church, period. Joe Biden should be considered disfellowship from any Christian organization, church, including the Roman Catholic Church, without any delay, period. If they won't do it, if they won't do it, then they are making a mockery of what the scripture and the traditions of the church have taught since the time of Christ. And they become apostate. There, I said it without compromise. I'm tired of it. If there's a pro-life Republican, they're not worthy of your vote. Liz Cheney and a bunch of other rhinos, they're not worthy of your vote. Our country is in trouble because we are led by evil and reprobates. And we have a lot of, you know, wolves running around in sheep's clothing, both theologically speaking in, the, in matters of faith and in matters of conservatism in government. Phonies and frauds everywhere. Now, I talked about challenging the science before the break, and I want to get a couple of stories in here before the, the program could escape me. It can this story comes out of Australia, the land down under. And I need to, I'm trying to get my, my good friend George Christensen back on again. He has a lot to share. But here is a story that came out this morning. The Royal Australian College of General Practitioners. Okay, this is the, this is the Australian College of, you know, this is medical doctors. Has a new term for young people that are suddenly dying They call it SADS, S-A-D-S, SADS. Kind of fitting, isn't it? S-A-D-S. And and this is, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. They they don't get it. Why Why are young people, so why are younger people under the age of 40 suddenly dying? This has never happened before. This is sudden adult death syndrome, SADS. It's claimed the lives of people of all ages and backgrounds, even if they're healthy and fit, even if they have an active lifestyle, even if they have a perfect diet. And and they're all scratching their heads in Australia. Why, Why is this happening? The majority of cases are happening in people under 40, and it's primarily some heart troubles. And they, uh, they, they, they don't really understand. But what do they all have in common? Could it be that in order to participate in society, all these people under the age of 40 have been vaccinated? There's a story right here about a gal named Catherine Keene, pictured with her mother. And she was found to have died in her sleep 
while living with two friends in uh, Dublin last year. They were all working from home, so nobody really paid attention when Catherine didn't come down one morning for breakfast. They sent her a text, and when she didn't reply, they checked on her and discovered she had already died. Her friend had heard a noise in her room around 3.56 and believes that's when she died. I mean, here's a gal in excellent health, went to the gym every day, walked 10,000 steps. And this story is being repeated all over the Western world where there's been heavy vaccination. Now, science tells me it's time to ask some questions to find out why. And not to believe the CDC or the World Health Organization saying nothing to see here. Please get your boosters. You know, did a little bit of research. How many young children that had no other comorbidity, major health issues like cancer? How many, how many young children died of coronavirus? Zero. Literally zero. How many have died of the vaccine? Well, one is too many, but many have. And what good does a vaccine do to a six-month-old, to a five-year-old? Nothing. They have wonderful immune systems given by God that we are systematically destroying, intentionally, I might add. I firmly believe that the powers that be, this is intentional. I mean, the World Health Organization, in concert with the World Economic Forum, really believes we have too many people in this world, and it's time to cull the herd. Of course, the elites will not cull themselves. And, and you may think I'm crazy to say this, but there's a part of me that wonders sometimes how many of these elites really have had their shots? How many have really taken the shot for the virus? Now, they probably gave one to to Joe Biden because they need him gone anyway. So they wouldn't be, their feelings wouldn't be hurt. He's just a temporary figurehead and he's taking the Democrat Party down with him in flames. They, they use this. I really believe the Biden administration is a test case for the left in this world. How far can we go and get away with it? They're finding out they've, they have limits. And so Biden will end up being the sacrificial lamb. I don't believe, personally speaking, I have nothing to give you, but just this is just a, a feeling, that Biden will not complete his term. And he will not be running again in 2024. I don't see that happening. Something will come along to sideline him and potentially even sideline Kamala Harris because that is a ticket that can't win in 2024. And a, a Harris-anybody ticket is also even more deadly for the Democrats. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. But if you think they're going to lie down and take, if you think they're going to take the shellacking this November that's, that everybody says is coming without trying to offset it, even if it means cheating like we did in 2020, don't put it past them. They will. There's enough evil where they believe they're doing They're doing good for their God. And their God is Moloch, which is really nothing but a demon in disguise. 
and they think they're doing this for God and country, and their God is an evil, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, their God is not the God of the Bible. It is a demon. It is a demon. And they don't care how much they have to lie to keep their power. And that's what I find thoroughly frightening. Now, my last comment on this story about SADS, S-A-D-S, in Australia, of these sudden adult deaths that only started after the vaccination campaign started. And all these in the medical field, you know, we just don't understand how this can be happening. And they occur outside of a hospital setting. So we, we, we just, we're, just, we're just baffled. What could this be? What could it be? And, and people are having a hard time understanding this. So you better get your heart checked or something because something's going on and we don't know what it is. But of course, it can't be the virus. It can't be the vaccine. The vaccines are safe and effective. <laughs> yeah, sure they are. You keep telling yourself that. They're not safe, and they're definitely not effective. You remember the mantra from Joe Biden. Just get vaccinated, and then you can have your life back. You'll be free from the coronavirus. When you get vaccinated, after you've had your second shot in so many days, you can take your mask off forever because you're COVID proof. That was a lie. And they knew it when they said it because there was no data in any test that was ever done by Pfizer or Moderna or any of those other reprobate, satanically run, profitable companies that don't care if you live or die. They only care about their bottom line and how many politicians they own. I'm just telling you the way I feel about it today. I've just about had enough of the lying filth in Washington, D.C., the lying filth in Ottawa, Canada, the lying filth all over the world in the Western world that have sold their souls for monetary power. They have literally sold their souls into hell for the power they have. And they will lie and say anything they have to to keep that power over you. I'm telling you, how many people are going to have to die over the next several years before somebody said, you know, it might be the vaccine. People are saying it and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube suppresses it. That goes against the established narrative of the elites. Today's version of science promoted by the left is nothing but a false pagan religion. Let me say that again. Today's science is nothing but a false pagan religion. People always want to hear from experts, especially when it comes to their health, even their finances. And the COVID-19 pandemic provided endless examples of experts, but the only ones you pretty much were able to see are the ones that were approved by the government. You know, Even Dwight Eisenhower could see ahead way back when he left office in early 1961. He warned we should be alert to the danger that public policy itself becomes captive of the scientific technology elite, that wars become the desired product of the war machine that is living handsomely off your tax dollars. 
And we've watched this, this monster grow unabated, I can say in my lifetime, for almost 70 years. And they now have control. They have bought their share of politicians. It's going to take a full house cleaning in Washington, D.C. and firing of literally almost every government employee and starting over. Starting over. This COVID religion, I call it the cult of COVID. And you can always tell their followers they're the mass COVIDians living in fear. You're not even allowed to ask any questions. Doctors with incredible talents and experience, right now, doctors with that understand more than politicians, if they don't, if they don't follow the priesthood of this religion, they're banished. In places like Canada and Australia, they will lose their jobs. In many states in this country, their licenses are being threatened. For what? Telling the truth. Look, we know this virus was man-made. We know that Dr. Fauci and others have their hands all over it. And we know that it's been used for control. Face diapers, by the way, had a story about it too. All the studies, the real studies coming out prove they're worthless. But every blue state politician that wants to control and rule you demands you wear your shaming face diaper and bow down and worship them. I don't worship any politician. Now, a couple of quick stories before the the time does get away from us. There's a website I've been following that's kind of neutral when it comes to the war in Ukraine with Russia. And I'm just going to share with you a few things that that I've been reading and seeing uh, that go against the popular narrative. I don't care what you think or believe or who you support or not. Um, but the idea that Ukraine is winning is is a false notion. Only 10% of Russia's troops have ever been mobilized to deal with Ukraine. Their real goal is eastern Ukraine, and they're, they're succeeding. Matter of fact, there are some officials, military people in Ukraine that are, that are now switching sides to Russia. And this is a far more complicated situation than the media, the established media, and our government wants you to know. It's real simple. Ukraine good, Russia bad. That's all you need to know, and, and that's all they want you to know. Ukraine winning. We send money. All good. Believe. Trust us. Trust the science. Trust the politics. Trust us. We never lie. So I'm looking at stuff and I'm realizing that may not be true. And I need to get somebody on to really get into the depth of this. I really believe that there's this is kind of like watch over here while we're doing this over there. Uh, This is a distraction the way it's been played out, even on Fox News and Newsmax. So I'm not buying this. The Ukraine is winning. I believe that there'll be a settled peace and Russia will get exactly what it bargained for coming in, what it was hoping to do, to have that buffer zone between it and NATO and also free some of the people that have been under tyranny since 2014 in the eastern part of the country. It is complicated, I know. So that's just one story I wanted to get to you. Now, here's another one that I think you need to 
to think about for a moment. Be very cautious with those that are trying to equate everything you are seeing to this must be the end of time and prepare for the return of of our Lord Jesus at any second. While it could be, don't necessarily count on it. A number of months ago, somebody shared with me a website. I can't remember how long ago it was, maybe a year ago. And they wanted my opinion of it. And I said, well, don't buy into it. And I've been following it in the background for a number of months. I take a look every few weeks to see what they have to say today. And I'm not even going to bother to tell you. Well, maybe I will. It was, I mean, it was an end time website dayofthelord2021.com and over a year ago they had all these predictions of when the tribulation was going to begin the first rapture then the you know, the first fruits and then other tribulation and then uh, the second rapture and the return of Jesus and all these dates well way back last year they modified it a little bit and the current uh, the latest modification before it got changed again was that the rapture was supposed to have occurred Monday and Tuesday of this week. It didn't happen. And we were supposed to be in this great shaking that didn't happen. And on and on this website went. And and now they haven't quite taken it down, but all the dates have suddenly magically disappeared from the website today. Too many people are still trying to cash in on your fear of the end of times. I don't do that. I don't need to. I've got confidence. You know, Vance uh, Vance Haverland once said uh, this great line. When somebody said, are you a pre-tribber or this tribber or that or a millennialist? He goes, I'm a pan-millennialist. It'll all pan out in the end. And I believe with Vance Havner fully on that. I live my life and do my ministry day by day. I am not going to be distracted by this circus of clowns that are trying to tell you when Jesus is going to come, send me money. I will never do that to you. But I will ask you to support this radio program so we can give you the news, keep you informed, and even help you, shall we say, reestablish your faith. If you believe in our work, would you consider giving us your support to pay for the radio airtime? If you can, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. The address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, Secure Box 3248. That's 3248. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code in Crestview is 32536. That is 32536. And we'll see you again tomorrow here on Truth to Ponder. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.